keep wanting to say good morning, but I know good and well it is 7 o'clock at night and it's time for me to go to bed. <laughs> okay, so we're going to get started. Um, building up to this point, I kept talking like, oh, I'm going to talk about infertility. I'm going to talk about infertility, not just in a natural, but in a spirit. Tyler gave a message and God hit me. He said, I don't want you to talk about that because you can't work that out until you work your spirit out. So I'm going to talk to you guys about healing your spirit foundation. Like I said, God hit me with it, punched me in the face, and I was not ready. So a foundation is defined. It's the lowest load-bearing part of a building. So when I say interactive, we're about to be interactive. I want you guys to draw a square. Do you have a notebook? No. I'm like, okay. Um, okay, this picture is square. Okay, so we're going to picture a square, right? And we're going to draw a house on the square. We're going to draw a house. Because you can't build a house unless you lay a foundation. That's the same thing with us in the spirit. We can't build on God's principles until we lay his solid foundation. So on your house, imagine your house with little squiggly lines in it. And the reason why I say squiggly lines, because that is what the world has done. If we are not solid on God's principles, we are allowing the world to dictate who we are. So I could use me for an example. My, no one really knows this about me. So, Daddy, if you listen, I, I apologize in advance, because I know you're not, but okay. <laughs> when I was growing up, my dad and my mom got divorced when I was at a young age, and I was super skinny. I played every sport you could think of, or tried to. I sucked. Um, and if I gain an ounce of weight, my dad would be like, you're getting fat. You need to go run. Or you need to do squats in a corner. You need to hold up some water buckets. That was my type of punishment. And I didn't realize I started to develop insecure issues within myself. Like, now I'm overweight, and I'm like, crap, I need to lose weight. I can't go to my dad's house because I'm 100 pounds overweight because it's how he looked at me and not how God looks at me because we all know what the Bible say about God. I'm his friend. I'm beautiful. I'm created in his image. Right, I'm beautifully and wonderfully made. However, at the end of the day, if I'm saying I'm fat, I'm overweight, I'm ugly, I'm cursing God out. If y'all think about it, I'm really cursing God out. So one of the scriptures I want us to go to, I'm going to use my phone because my Bible is kind of wrinkled. Y'all don't judge me. <laughs> the first scripture I want to go to is Isaiah 28, 16. That's because you don't use it. Isaiah 28, 16. Nakia, when you get there, can you read? Therefore, 
Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am laying in Zion for a foundation a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of sure foundation. He who believes, trusts in, relies on, and adheres to that stone will not be ashamed or give away or hasten away in sudden panic. Amplified. So when we hear this scripture, this scripture could be taken many ways. But one thing I learned about the Bible, we can apply it in all areas of our life. Right? Because when I was, I'm going to use Andrew as an example. Sorry, babe. I'm putting him on the spot. When Andrew and I got married, I've been through a lot of things. Like I was worldly. We know, right? Andrew was being in a church. I've been in and out of churches. And I developed a hardened heart towards preachers in general. And that is because when I was 19, I was forced to get married to a man I did not know, to a man I did not love. And the only reason why I did it is because a preacher told me, hey, you living with this man, y'all shacking up and only be right by God, you got to live with him. I said, no, I can move out. I can go repent, get my life together. And, you know, he said, no, the only way you will make it to heaven is to marry this man, and that's the only way God will be able to forgive you. My dad, old Elvis, he said, are you sure you want to do this? And I said, Dad, this is the only thing I can do to be right by God. My dad didn't stop me. He didn't say, hey, no, this isn't it. No, let's go to church. Let's figure this out. I ended up marrying this man, and that was the worst two years of my life. It was a domestic relationship. I almost died like seven times. I tried to kill myself like three times. However, I'm here. I'm here. And when I say I tried to kill myself, like I jumped out of a car going 60. I literally tried to kill myself. And I have a scar on my back. And every time I look at it, I'm like, dang, God, I'm still alive. I am still alive because I know you had something for me. I developed a hardened heart towards my father. Like, he's my rock, but I develop a hardened heart towards him because I suspected him to be a father and be there for me, right? I developed a hardened heart towards my mother. So we see how my hardened heart list is starting to pal. And, you know, I developed a hardened heart towards anyone who resembled the guy I married, anyone that looked like him you know what, I'm done, I cut you off. So I developed, over the years, I changed from being Jasmine to now Jasmine. I'm not even the same person I was 10 years ago. Not like in godly way, but who I was as a person because of everything that I've gone through. So when I met Andrew, Andrew is so sweet. But he's like, oh, we're going to walk this out like in the Bible. We're going to do things godly way. We're going to pray about it. But at the same time, I'm looking at my husband like, you haven't been through anything to tell me let's pray about it. You haven't been through life to say, hey, we need to walk this out. However, if I wasn't hardened my heart, I would have been able to listen to the words coming from his mouth to help me through it. Like my cousin. My cousin was like, the closest brother I have. I have two brothers. My cousin that passed away was my closest brother. And with that, he ended up dying. So now I'm developing a hardened heart towards people that's dying. So 
in your house, in your foundation, my, my cracks. I'm getting cracked. So Andrew and I started going to marriage counseling because I'm psycho and creating problems in our marriage. However, <laughs> I'm not psycho, but I'm starting to develop a heart and heart and I'm starting to develop a heart and heart towards the people that's trying to love me and trying to pour into me. But a pastor told me, I sat down, he told me, he was like, you need to learn how to forgive. I'm looking at him like, forgive? I already forgave him. Forgave him, move on. No, what I did was move on. I just, hey, you know what? You hurt me, I'm done. I cut you out of my life. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness, 100% giveness. Do you have that definition? I can pull it up. Yeah. Hold on, y'all. We're waiting for Andrew to find a definition. Yes, the definition of forgiveness is laying aside all malice, guile, hatred, anger, and losing all desire to punish the offender. I didn't realize I was not doing it. What I was doing was walking away. So we're still talking about building your foundation. So, right, my foundation was broken. My foundation was hurt, tormented, because I was not living off God's principles of what God said about me. So we're going to turn our Bibles to Matthew. I don't know where we're going, Jesus. Matthew 7, 24. Andrew, can you read that? One more time, what? Matthew 7, 24. Yep, let me get you get there. 7, 24? Yes. Ooh, got there quick. Amen. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Let me keep going. Verse 25, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had a, its foundation on the rock. Let me keep going. 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The 27, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. My house fell, and it fell hard. And the reason why is because I'm coming to church. I'm learning about God, but I never put his principles in place. I never put his principles in place. One hand, I'm doing God's will. On the other hand, I'm not walking in forgiveness. I'm not walking in love. 
I'm not walking in, you know, 1 Corinthians 13. That's our solid foundation principle of what we're supposed to be doing every day. And it dawned on me that I'm holding grudges. I'm boasting. I'm doing everything that's not of God. So, yes, my house fell. And one day I was driving. The Holy Spirit said it's time to forgive. It's time to forgive. I didn't want to forgive. I'm just like, you know what? I'm living my life. But then I heard God said, your healing is on the other side of the forgiveness. So if we asking God for something and we're not receiving it, it's because we're blocking our own prayers. We're doing something that's preventing our prayers from moving forward. Mine would happen to be forgiveness. I didn't forgive my mom because she died on me. I didn't forget my cousin because he died on me. I didn't forget my sister because she moved away. So you see how my list keeps piling. I was driving one day, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, forgive Q and D'Amika. That's Josiah's parent, uh, father and his ex-girlfriend. And I drove by a church. The last church, the last time I seen her was at that church. I didn't even realize it. And my spirit got real heavy. And I'm like, Lord, if you want me to forgive them, I will forgive them. Don't you know, TMI, sorry for putting this in the air. I have been on medication since 2020. I have, been able, I have not been able to get pregnant because I've been on certain medications trying to get my body aligned. The moment I decided to forgive those two people, my cycle came on its own. So when I say healing is on the other side of your forgiveness, I mean, we are in, I mean, you do need to calm down a little bit. But however, it's a step forward. I haven't been able to lose weight. And now I'm like, oh, I feel energized. I feel like I can run a marathon. Haven't ran it though. But it's on the other side of my forgiveness. You know what I'm saying? I heard the Holy Spirit say, hey, you need to forgive your aunt and your grandma from the way they treated you when you was a kid. So God has given us everything we need. The Holy Spirit will be your friend if you ask him. The Holy Spirit is right around the corner. So many people be like, I asked God for this. I asked God for that. But are you listening? Are you, when was the last time you heard God's voice? When was the last time that God said, hey, I need you to do this, this, and this. So many people um, don't have a real relationship with God because they don't spend real time with God. Come on. So they know of him, but they don't know him. Because so many people be like, I prayed. I'm going to use me as an example. Lord, I've been praying for a Maserati. I'm like, oh, Lord, bless me with a Maserati. Bless me with a Maserati. I had an opportunity to buy a Maserati, and I was like, I don't want it. I don't want it. But God could have been like, that's your Maserati. But because my ear was not tuned to hear, I could have missed my opportunity. However, that Maserati wasn't for me. It was old. <laughs> but at the same time, like prime example, raising Josiah. Raising Josiah this season has been tough has been tough. I've been saying, Lord, help me raise my son. Lord, give me the strength to help me raise my son. But don't you know, God has already provided us with everything we needed. 
God has already planted us with everything we needed. So if I would stop saying, Lord, help me, Lord, figure this out and open up my Bible or read a Christian book that has all the answers there, I would know how to take care of my child. I would know how to deal with Josiah. You know what I'm saying? I can be able to educate someone else. Hey, this is what you do. So I'm here to say, if we want to heal our spiritual foundation, we need to start listening to the Holy Spirit. He's, he's our helper and he's our guide. So I'm going to say this. A problem with something you cannot see is causing a problem with something you can. A problem with something you cannot see is causing a problem with something you can. Prime example, when I went to Houston, I had $250 stole for me. I bought something, that money was taken from me. My paychecks has been demolished by the government. But it was something that I was doing. I wasn't spending time with God. I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. I missed a couple of times. I was supposed to have been paying my tithes. So how, <laughs> so how can I claim tithers' rights when I'm not even paying my tithes? How can I claim, Lord, I am a child of God when I'm not reading the Bible to be a child of God? <laughs> yeah. So therefore, when I say a problem with something you can't see, it's causing a problem with something you can't. I heard somebody say, it was probably Pastor Ziggy, sorry if I don't remember. Your spirit can be parallel to your flesh. If you feed one, the other one can grow. It's like a plant. We got to water the plants. But sometimes it don't need to be watering because you're in the wrong season. You got to be in the right season with the white water. You can't feed something from last season. You got to learn how to adjust to the season you're in. Right. So if, I'm, if I can't do last year's prayers for this season because I'm not where I was last year. So if I want to grow, that's why I heard pastors say faith to faith. You need to elevate your faith. And a lot of people get stuck. And a lot of people get bound up on religion. However, at the end of the day, if I'm crying last year, oh, woe is me. Lord, I'm still driving this 2019 Camaro. You know what I mean? How can I expect God to bless me for the new season when I'm not even there? So if you want to grow, you're going to have to do the work. Quit, right. Quit looking in the rearview mirror and look forward. Think about the airline. They pay for you to take luggages now. Well, we ain't flying Southwest. We flying Delta. In order to get on Delta, you have to pay for luggage. So why are we still carrying last season's luggage to a new season when everybody else is paying for us to carry luggage? So if we want to build our foundation correctly, we're going to have to erase everything that was done to us because God isn't on hurt. God's not on principles. God said he's a father to the fatherless. He's our friend. So, you know, if I didn't have a lot of friends or if all my friends hurt me and turn their back on me, why am I still holding on to that? If I'm putting my faith in God and believing in God, then I need to walk the walk. 
like love. I can't be, oh, God, I love you. I'm building a firm foundation, but going home, arguing with my husband every day. I mean, but it's true. You can't go out and preach the word and then turn around and be filthy at home. Pastor Ziggy says so many people will be in a book that don't do right. Book it because they had alcoholism. Like, when I was going through a lot of things, I speak on myself, I would turn towards liquor. I needed an excuse to drink. I was looking for every excuse. My son get on my nerves, I'm going to go have a drink. Somebody got a divorce. I'm drinking. I'm drinking for you and your party. I got you. Oop, a job promotion, drink. <laughs> so every time you turn around, I was looking for a reason to drink. However, that's not of God. God wants us to have a sober mind, but sober mind is not just liquor. It's being sober in the word. Knowing, knowing the word is being sober. And so how can I tell somebody about God every time they see me? I got a beer. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Andrew made me so mad. I went to the liquor store recently. <laughs> recently. I bought some. He said, you go drink that. I poured in the glass, left the glass. I said, like, I ain't going to drink that. I'm going to go in my room and pray. Lord, help me through this. Help me walk through loving my husband. I had to read 1 Corinthians to myself. <laughs> I mean, but, right. So those of you that deal with anxiety, you know what I'm saying? How are we dealing with anxiety if we're not feeding our minds with the word? The word is fruit to our brain. And fruit is sweet to our mind. So what they say, a doctor, an apple away, keep the doctor away. Uh, God's word will keep Satan away. Amen. <laughs> But it's true. So many people deal with mental issues. They deal with mental issues because, one, they don't know who they are. Two, they deal with mental issues because they do not know who they are. And they don't know who God called them to be. And Satan is using it to feed it. And then, boom, they off the rail. But at the same time, if you're around people, surround yourself with godly people who's going to feed you, Boom, your foundation has grown into a mansion. Come on. Ooh, I'm getting chills. Ooh, Holy Spirit. Okay, come on. You in there now. Turn Shelby, I'm just blessed you came. Me too. <laughs> so back to this foundation. And someone, Andrew, back to my husband. He's so easy to use as an example. We were talking about insecurity issues earlier. And I posted something from one of my friends on TikTok. And Andrew was like, what does that mean? I said, babe, you don't deal with those insecurity issues. You deal with insecurities issues because you're overweight. And so many people in your life made fun of you because you were overweight. So that hindered who you are. I said, but if you know who you were, then you wouldn't be dealing with these issues. You know what? I'm big. I love myself. I know because I've been through it. 
But at the end of the day, you have to go back to what God says. Any, yeah. It was a point in time in our marriage, I would leave him little sticky notes to say, hey, this is good little scripture. And then I believe a love note on the side of it. I'm going to go back to that because I didn't realize that was helping him build who he is. So if we have tools, God need us to build the next person. We don't go through something just to keep it to ourselves. We go through something to help along those who need help to build each other up. This is a family. We need to work as a family. And what is it going to be like? I get to heaven. God be like, well, you went through all this. Who did you help along the way? You've been too, you too selfish to focus on other people. You worried about what can I do for you, but what did you do for others? Right. Because right. I'm being honest. I, I was been praying about my health. God was like, pray for Ayla. Why am I praying for Ayla? God is like, because she need prayer and her health. How can I heal you in your health when you ain't praying for somebody else who needs their health healed? But I'm like, God, what about me? What about you? You will get your healing when I say you're ready to get your healing. We too busy expecting God to heal us, to help us, when we're not willing to do that for other people. Because we're too busy focusing on our issues, focusing on what happened to us, to focus on somebody else. I feel like I'm done, but I can keep going. Continue. Bless you. I loaded these kids up. Keep going. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm earning this food. <laughs> so I will say this. The more you know God, the clearer you will be able to hear him. Yes. Oh, I went there. I went there. Andrew, can you pull your Bible back up? The more you know God, the clearer you will be able to hear him. So you won't have to guesstimate what God is saying. Well, I think God told me to do this. It was a point in time when Andrew and I first got together. I started coming to Renner Church, John 8:47. I just started coming to Renner Church, and I was struggling. A lot of people probably didn't like me because I was of the world. I was partying and drinking. I was all on it on Facebook. I was honest about what I was doing. And a lot of people told Andrew, don't get with her because she's in the world. Don't do this because of that. But they didn't realize the effect that that had on me. You know what I'm saying? I already had a broken foundation, and that's making my foundation more cracked because it made me feel like I wasn't worthy. But God spoke to me through something, probably Pastor Ziggy most likely, and said, you are worthy. You know what I'm saying? That. Andrew was prophesied, you would have a beautiful wife. I'm beautiful. So we didn't allow people's words to deter us from building our foundation together. Can you read John 847? Mm -hmm. uh, yes, John 847. Whosoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Let that sink in a little bit. For those of you who be like, I can't hear God. 
God talks to you three different ways. One, by hearing. Two, visual, by seeing. <laughs> and three, physical. I'm probably wrong on that one, but forgive me. So if you're not hearing God, you're not tuning your ear to hear him. So at the end of the day, if you be like, God ain't talked to me in six months. Well, what was, what was the last thing he told you? Go back to the last thing he told you. People say, y'all all heard this on Facebook. Stand in the hallway until the door opens. It's, how, how does the saying go? Stand in the hallway until the opens. But some doors are meant to be open. No, it was on Facebook. It was a quote. People that's not really Christian trying to make up a Christian quote. Stand in the hallway until the door opens. It don't make sense. But a lot of non-Christian folks, yeah. They're trying to say don't force the door to open. You stand there. But one thing I learned is not all doors are meant to be open. Some doors are meant to be locked. So if you forcing a door open, that a door that God didn't open, you causing yourself your own heartbreak. Right. You causing yourself your own headache. Right. Prime example, Josiah's father, I swear God said don't, don't be with him. Don't do it. However, I got a blessing out of it. God turned a mess into a message. But I could have saved myself a headache and could have had a, a miracle with the person God wanted me to be with. But I was rushing a situation that God didn't, that God didn't want to happen. However, at the end of the day, God's still using Josiah to help me get to where I needed to be. Because if it wasn't for Josiah, I ain't no telling where I'll be. Amen. Can you read Malachi? You my little Bible reader. One, three, four. One, three, through four. One, three, through four. Malachi, one, three, through four. But Esau I have hated, and I have turned his hill country into wasteland, and left his inheritance to the desert jackals. Edom may say, though we have been crushed, we will rebuild the ruins. But this is what the Lord Almighty says. They may build but I will demolish. They will be called the wicked, the wicked land, a people always under the wrath of the Lord. You guys have to determine where you want to be with God. If you want to be on his righteous side or the wicked side. And at the end of the day, we need to get our act together, Period. The thing that was hindering my foundation was unforgiveness. I don't want to block my blessings that God had for me because of unforgiveness. I don't want God to be like, mm-mm, you missed all your inheritances because you didn't want to forgive. You couldn't go, I mean, Jasmine Ross Events could be a millionaire company if I walk in the fullness of God, if that makes sense. 
by me walking in the fullness of God, I can receive what God has in store for me because I'm doing God's will. Like Pastor Zicky, he said if he asks for something, he gets it automatically because he's walking in God's will. I want to be at a point where I'm walking in God's will. I'm not even getting angry. I'm not getting upset. I'm just looking at people, well, bless you too, and keep going by my business. But in order for me to do that, I got to work some kinks out. So each and every one of us know what we need to work out. Like if you're dealing with pornography, I'm just throwing that out there. I don't know if anyone is, but that's something that could block you from getting to where God wants you to go because God told you to break it and you don't want to break it. That's a form of being disobedient. If you really think about it, if God tell you to do something and you choose not to do it is a form of disobedience. It's rebellion. So I think now is the time because we're talking about moving forward in the spiritual. It's supernatural. And if, if we want to move forward, we have to let go of all the garbage. It's time to take out the trash and not pick it back up. All right, y'all, that's all I got. I'm trying not to remember. Yeah. I always ask what's wrong on the friend. So anyway, um, I wanted to share a point. It was kind of something that I feel like the Lord wants me to share with what you said on the scripture where it talks about knowing God. And the only, and I taught this to the kids, the only way to know God, right, is to read his word, right? That's the way you know God. And the scripture that we remember the scripture we went over, I don't remember exactly where it's at, but essentially it said, I am God and my words are true. And with the kids we went over, we went through and we said, I wrote down a lot of things on the board. I said, you know, I'm ugly. Then I wrote down, what else I write down? Uh, I'm, I'm alone. And then I was, I think I put on there like, um, you know, I don't know, like pretty much a lot of random stuff. And it was pretty much I told them, I said, okay, I said, I want you guys to tell me if this is true or if this is false. Tell me if it's true or false. And so obviously, you know, and I said, I'm ugly. Of course, some kids playing around, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's true. And I'm like, I'm like, well, no. I said, if you know God's word, God said you're beautifully and wonderfully made. So you're not ugly. But it's one of those things where, like, like I know for me personally, 
like when she talked about insecurities, that's one thing that after hearing her message, that's one thing that hinders my foundation from even growing bigger, right? That's one thing that's hindering, you know, me to... So I work in mortgages and stuff like that, and we do construction mortgages. So when they lay the foundation, you have to have a foundation survey. Your survey, the foundation has to be right before they can go vertical. So if your foundation's not right, they have to redo your foundation. And that's what that survey does. So, <clears throat> and we've seen it happen before. There's also some other things you have to get. You have to get, you know, um, builder insurance. You have to get all this stuff to be able to even even to even go forward upward. So some people, they're at the foundation survey and they keep getting this survey done and our foundation is broke, but we don't want to fix what's broken. So God's like, well, I want to go vertical. I want to take this construction. I want to finish this house, but we don't, we don't fix what's broken within our foundation. Um, and that foundation has to be if it's our foundation, like we heard in the word, it's, it's going to be blown away. It's going to fall down. Whatever you build on top of it, it's going to come down. And God's like, I'm, God don't build, uh, he don't build, you know, janky houses. He don't build stuff that's going to fall apart. God builds solid. So he's not even going to start building vertical on you until that foundation is solid. So I feel like the Lord was just telling me, and I feel like he would be telling whoever's listening on this recording, as well as whoever's here, you know, that you find what your, what your um, I don't want to say your flaw in your foundation, but find that piece of your foundation that maybe isn't right, you know, and that, and that God's trying to have you uh, fix, you know, really that God is really trying to fix, not even necessarily that you are fixing it, is God is telling you how to fix it. Um, like I said, mine, I would say, is probably insecurities. There's a lot of times where I don't, and it's funny because, Right after I preached that word to the kids, boom, the devil come in and attack me. And it's funny because every time, because it's happened more than once, the devil will try to come and attack me that next Monday uh, with something that I preach to the kids. And it's almost like the devil's trying to, trying to test me. He's like, listen, are you going you gonna to do what you, you told the kids to do? <laughs> are you going to do what you told them? Or are you going to continue to do what you, you know, always have done? And that's do the opposite of what, you know, God's word says. And, you know, like I said, recently, especially since I've taken over the kids, it's like I really have began to push forward with that and be like, no, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be an example for these kids. If I'm preaching this to these kids, I'm going to live what I'm preaching to these kids, whether I like it or not, whether it's hard or not. But like I said, I think that's something that, you know, obviously we have to, to be able to know God, we have to know his word. Uh, we have to know what it says about us because we're created in his image. So really to know God is also to know yourself. So anyway, that was all. I felt like I had to share that. Amen. I'm a piggyback with um, that goes to knowing your worth. So many people tie their worth in their job, their profession, and what they do. But your worth is only found in God. So, if you don't know your worth, now it's the time to get to know it. I'm just saying. Now it's time to understand who you are. And I know when we was at Pink Impact, the lady called out several different things. She said, if you were, she said seven different things. If you're a friend of God, stand up. 
If you're a daughter of God, stand up. I'm standing up like I'm, I'm, I'm all of those, Jesus. That's me. I'm all of those. That's because I'm learning who I am. And can't nobody tell me opposite. Oh, good old Elvis. He was like, talking about Josiah. Josiah is going to develop that just like his father. I said, I rebuke that. I said that to my daddy. At first, I, I didn't used to speak like that to Elvis because I found it disrespectful. I sure do. And then he would say something, well, we got to break this off Josiah. We ain't got to break nothing. God's going to work it out. Because God already told me Josiah ain't going to be nothing like I was. He ain't going to be nothing like his daddy. Right. Josiah is a child of God, and I need to treat him like a child of God. Like Josiah was going through a meltdown He's for the past month. I'm crazy, and I need to go to a mental home. I need. To, I said, if you want to go to get evaluation, we can get an evaluation. However, you're not crazy. It's the stuff you're watching that you shouldn't be watching, that you're sneaking and watching, is why you think you're crazy. So remember I said you got to fuel your mind. Right. So that goes with your kids. You got to be mindful about what we're telling them, what we're saying around them, how we're talking to them, because these little babies are picking up on everything that we do. So if we're not even acting like a Christian stuff for Sundays and Wednesdays, I went there. So if we're not acting like Christian every, since Sundays and Wednesdays, Wednesdays, how you think your kids go at? I'm just saying. Andrew had a headache the other day. Josiah was leaving. Jesus, I pray that you heal my dad of his headache. I said, come on, Jesus. Because he's been watching me pray. He's been watching Andrew pray. We don't just pray over him before he go to bed. He be having a bad day. I said, um, we need to pray about it. We go pray about it. Miss Curlin was at our house the other day. Josiah had a meltdown. I said, Curlin, you can handle that. He just passed up a time. Because... And not only takes a village, it takes a Christian village to raise a child. So when we're talking about it takes a village, okay, but what are we pouring into our babies? <laughs> you started something. <laughs> but I'm just saying. Right. Like when Andrew's going through stuff, he could ping off Lewis. When Lewis going through stuff, he could ping off Andrew because that's building a brotherhood. A Christian brotherhood. And it's not just, oh, man, you tripping. You need to go hug your wife. No. What does the Bible say? You are the head of your household. You are the head and not the tail. You need to stop acting like the tail and be the head. So when I say a Christian village, I should be able to call on Shelby. Shelby, I'm struggling as a wife. I need you to help me out. You know what I'm saying? That's iron sharpens iron. Right now, we sharpening wood. <laughs> so in order to build a better foundation, we need to sharpen each other. Amen. We need to get a better hood. Like somebody said in a leadership meeting, this is gangsters. No, we need to develop a better relationship with one another. That's what I said earlier. Your foundation isn't just yourself. Your foundation is other people. It's in the body.
We can't cover Pastor Ziggy if we acting a fool. Pastor Ziggy asking Miss Rhonda to step up. Miss Rhonda cussing everybody out in the church and turn around and try to try to preach the gospel. Who's going to respect that? Who's going to listen to that? Nobody. N- nope. And at the end of the day, and if you, you are what you eat. And if you acting a fool with your spouse, remember I said that? How Andrew go get up and try to tell somebody, well, we're going to talk about husbands need to love their wives, but you don't even love me. That's a foundation. If your foundation is broken, it's going to come out. It's going to come out. Yes. And how you act is going to show. It may not show in church. It's going to show on Facebook. If it don't show on Facebook, it's going to show on your job. And if you have an issue, you failing because you're trying to be everything to everybody, but you failing yourself because you're not even whole. So it's now time to get it together. Because if the days are short, our, na- our days are numbered. So if our days are numbered, God going to be like, I told y'all to get it together. Y'all up there tripping. You have everything you need to be everything that he has equipped us to be. Those books that y'all got on y'all shelves, it's time to read them. Mm-hmm. That's to me, too, because I got a book. It's been calling my name. Books on your shelf. It's time to read them. <laughs> right. <laughs> Somebody already wrote a book about what we're going through. Somebody already wrote it. We just need to read it. The Bible, too. The Bible, too. I have a lot of Christian books. I know it was the point in time, my first deployment. I was broken my first deployment. I was like, I'm a wild out on my first deployment. Ooh, I'm going to turn up. I went on my first deployment, came back a whole Christian. <laughs> a whole Christian. I went out there praying over people. I went out there praying for people, but I was like, Lord, I want to drink. He said, that girl needs prayer. I told Pastor Annie, we at the bar, they sitting there drinking. I'm like, do you know Jesus? I'm over here like, I want to drink. Have you given your life to Jesus, though? It was a big conviction that I had to go through. I ended up teaching women's Bible study. I don't know how, but God graced me to do it. We ended up doing a couple of sermons of getting over their past. And a lot of those women were broken. They were broken in ways that I seen myself broken. That's how I was able to get to them and get through them. My supervisor was from the devil. She wouldn't let me play Christian music. Anytime I talked about God, she'd be like, I'm offended. I'm like, you're Satan. But I got through it and developed some issues. But I'm like, Lord, I need to forgive her. That is another person I need to forgive, and he just reminded me of that just now. But at the same time, (laughs) listen, I'm like, if I see her picture on Facebook, I'm going (laughs) to throw some darts at it, print it off and throw some darts at it. But at the end of the day, she's still a child of God. Even though she may not know God, she is created by God. And it's my job to love her or love the God in her. 
and some people may not know who they are. It's our job to teach them who they are. And we can't teach them if we don't know ourselves.